You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room on News Talk 770. I'm Peter Watts. As Parliament returns this week, there will be considerable discussion about proposed changes to the Income Tax Act changes that may have considerable implications for business owners. If you haven't already done so, you may wish to contact your financial advisors to see how and if you might be affected by these proposed changes. You'll find considerable information on tax planning and on the importance of having a life plan in place in the blog section of the Macmillan website at www.macmillanestate.com. Proposed changes to Canada's Income Tax Act are liable to have a significant impact on many Canadians. If you are a farmer, a rancher, or own a professional corporation, you should know what these proposed changes mean for you. If you have a life plan or a business plan, you're going to want to talk to your financial advisor. If you don't have a plan, now's the time to develop one. Think about investing 90 minutes in your financial future on Thursday evening, September 28th at the next Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar. Call the office to register weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464 or register online anytime at macmillanestate.com. We begin with a discussion about what to do with recreational properties. Perhaps you've just returned from a summer holiday at a favorite cottage, or perhaps you're contemplating a winter excursion to the family-owned property in the U.S. or elsewhere. It's a good time to be thinking about whether these properties are in a trust, or what would happen to them if the parent group decides to step back from ownership. Trust and estate specialist, Norman Ewing. Communication is really important uh, within the family uh, group. And so, you know, if, if you have recreational property, if you're go out to, going out and using it uh, this year, uh, you know, if your children and grandchildren who, and whoever um, are enjoying that property that you have, um, have some of these conversations with them. Uh, see what their interest in the property is and, uh, you know, how do they enjoy it on, on a short-term basis? Looking to the future, looking to the legacy, uh, you know, do they think that they're still going to be traveling out to that property, enjoying that property? Uh, and then and, you know, after you've had some of those discussions, you can make a better decision. Ultimately, it's your property. Uh, you have to set the plan in place um, and uh, the, the structure around that. Um, but if you have these conversations with the family, then there's not surprises. Uh, you know who, um, you know, at this point is, is perhaps interested in it or maybe someone's thinking of moving out of the country um, and they might not uh, have a long-term interest in it. So in summary, Norman, um, let's go back, if we can, in retrospect and, and ask the question, what should the parent group have done on the first contact with McMillan with respect to the family recreational property? Well, you know, of course, with the family recreational property, we're going to be looking at who holds this on title. So, um, you know, is it, uh, you know, the the, the parents, uh, do they hold it jointly? Um, Or, you know, as that case study I mentioned, they had already added some kids onto title. And so we're going to look at that to see, you know, what's the structure and where can we go from there? Uh, Then we're going to ask those questions, you know, what's the use of the property? Uh, You know, do the kids go out there? Do the grandkids go out there? Um, Obviously, we don't know 
everything in the future, but you know, looking long term, um, might there be that interest uh, in it? Uh, and and so those are some of the things that we have to look at as as far as the the purpose of the property, and then we can start putting the structure around that. Of course, uh, you know, one of the things that we always have to look at is the tax side of things. Um, you know, uh, here in uh, in in Canada, we have a principal residence exemption, which means you know one property, uh, you know, uh, if, if if it qualifies, we can uh, exempt that property from paying taxes on the growth on the capital gains of that property. Um, and so part of you know you know evaluating a, a client's recreational property is 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 looking at uh, the, the tax issues. Um, is there potential for using that capital gains exemption on the recreational property um, rather than maybe their their main home uh, here in the city? Um, or uh, uh, you know do we want to structure it differently? So um, you know have to have to look at, uh, at, at those sorts of issues and um, and also look at the, at the records that uh, that the people have kept. Of course, of course, records and, and intention and documentation of that are really important in this area because at, at the end of the day, um, you know, we have to report taxes on properties or we have to uh, claim exemptions on them. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if, if you didn't keep uh, reports with respect to the, the new dock that you put on the property or things like that, uh, we may have a harder time reducing the taxes for you. Always the question of what ifs, which is the bottom line to building a good life plan. Well, and it's uh, it's about those opportunities. Uh, so uh, you know the what ifs uh, really drive those opportunities. Uh, you know when we understand um, the potential for these properties, uh, you know the the, the goals that uh, people want to establish them with them, uh, then we can say you know this is these are the different options uh, we have to pick from as far as um, how we set this up on a, on an effective manner. And you know when we talk about recreational property here in Alberta, uh, often uh, you know the the, the 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 big one that uh, we think about is kind of the at BC property because so many Albertans like to travel out to BC, own property in BC, recreate out there. Um, but these issues aren't limited to uh, BC properties. Uh, this could be property in Saskatchewan or Ontario or even uh, you know outside of Canada. Um, recreational property uh, uh, you know factor into these sorts of issues no matter the jurisdiction. What is peace of mind worth to you? That's what a life plan provides. A roadmap, if you will, that navigates the complexities of tax, philanthropy, family dynamics, and provision for health care and housing as you age. Here's Sherry McMillan. One of the really unique positions that Macmillan takes is we turn estate planning really upside down on its head because everybody hears the word estate, Peter, and they presume it's about dying. And although that's one tiny facet of an estate plan, it it really is only one moment in time. And you didn't create this to die. You created this to create yourself a lifestyle, as you make mention. And traditionally, you're celebrating your life's work. And most of our families want to celebrate it with their spouse. And, you know, they also want to include the children and grandchildren in that celebration. And traditionally, they also want to include some kind of philanthropic or charitable donations or work in their lifespan. So we find it very interesting that regardless of anybody's affluence, no matter what their affluence is, there's some primary things we all want. We want to feel safe. We want to feel free. And so I call it freedom fighting. And all of us need to feel safe and free in different kinds of ways. And that is always different, even between a husband and wife. And so when we're doing the life plan with a husband and wife, we make mention at the outset, look, we're going to be talking about what you want to do for the balance of your life. And we're going to talk about the children. And so if you don't think you're going to have dispute, <laughs> we're not going to believe you're really married. This is, you know, one of the more close to home kinds of conversations that we'll employ. So at the beginning, most people 
have not given a lot of thought to what their life plan will be. And the reason for that, Peter, is because we are new money. We've put our head down, worked really hard for these decades to create that nest egg that we have. And now we have freedom. And we need to contemplate and transition into that lifestyle in a gradual way is my encouragement to families. So regardless of how affluent a family is, I say take baby steps into this retirement and lifestyle and grow up with it. So one family we're working with right now, we're just encouraging them to take three-day weekends sometimes, and that's a stretch. Um, Other families, we have a difference between uh, the parent group, mom and dad. The mother is ready to retire entirely. She wants to go down south, and the father is not quite ready to transition out of the business fully. And so you're having this balancing and tipping point where you're finding your own groove in your lifestyle. So I always call it the three to five year, you know, certain uh, group of change that's going to occur. So I've had lots of people do things like buy a helicopter and then not like having a helicopter and go, oh, oh, I made a mistake and sell their helicopter. So I call it growing up in retirement. It's that three, five year cycle where you find the balance of how you're going to look like being in retirement. What's it going to be like? Do you want to live in another country? Do you want to live in the U.S.? Do you want to live... Um, We have families that are living now in Mexico. We have families living in Europe. So, you know, what does that look like in a calendar year? How do you want to include the family in your affluence? And one of the common themes that I've seen um, with our affluent families is because they've created affluence, often in the mind of taking good care of their children and giving them a lot of opportunity in life, they've already done that by the time they're making this shift. So they'll say, well, you know, obviously we'll help if they get married or do things of that nature, help them buy their first home. But this is our time. This is the time now that we get to enjoy our life's work. And we're not going to be shy about that. And we're going to utilize it for that enjoyment in our bucket list, as you may mention. And there'll be plenty left regardless for the family. And so I do encourage families to really contemplate this because one of the serious statistics is that out of a group of four of us in Canada, only one of us will actually live into retirement. That means 25% of us aren't going to make it to enjoy that phase of life. So when you are still healthy, able, I encourage you maybe to retire three, five, 10 years earlier than you may think. And any family that has retired um, in that way and that thinking always says, gosh, you know, I could have always made more money, but what I don't have is more time. I just don't have more time. The time is what I've got. And that becomes the commodity in their life when you're affluent. The other thing that I make mention of that I think is not well understood by families that have created affluence is that they want to simplify simplify their life too. You know, just because you have affluence doesn't mean you want to have a bunch of businesses, a bunch of taxation, a bunch of properties that basically govern your life. They control you instead of you controlling your lifestyle. So we often see these families in the affluent position start to simplify their life. Maybe they don't have three properties in their elder years. They only have two. Um, Maybe they've sold off a couple of the businesses and actually have some of their key employees buy uh, one of their businesses that they want to stay connected to. So we start to see a simplification because as we age, I mean, it's just a given when we're in our 80s and 90s that we don't want a really complex estate. We really do want to be, you know, smelling the roses. We'll have more with Sherry McMillan in a moment on The Strong Room on News Talk 770. 